You're listening to the Brooke Snow Podcast, conversations to help you look forward with faith, faith in yourself, faith in God, and faith in your own mission and purpose. I'm your host, Brooke Snow. You have episode seven, How Meditation Saved My Life. Today's episode gives you a sneak peek into my new Christian meditation course that opens this week for registration. If you have listened to my podcast very long, you know that I am devoted to the practice of meditation and I constantly talk about its benefits. What you may not know is that meditation has saved my life. Not once, but twice. The first time I was literally in mortal danger seconds away from death. The second time was a figurative brink of death moment when I found myself in the midst of mental illness and emotional breakdown. In this episode, I'm going to share with you the introduction recording from my week one of this course where I share my own story. I have now practiced meditation for nearly three years, and if there was ever a powerful testimonial of the transformational power that meditation holds, my story has it all intrigue, suspense, and a before and after that is evidence to the miracle that meditation can bring to your life. If you feel called to explore this course, registration is now open for the next seven days, and you can find a link in the show notes or on my website at brooksnow.com to register. Before we get started, thank you to everyone who has already left a review for this podcast on iTunes. Reviews help the podcast to show up in iTunes when other people are searching for a new podcast. This week's review comes from Jackie Norris 87. Jackie says, I love Brooke and her insights. She manages to cut through excess and share principles that can be applied to anyone in any situation. I always leave feeling like I can do better and that it's within my reach. Thank you, Jackie. That is my great hope that this podcast not only inspires, but that it feels doable for wherever you are in your own journey. If you enjoy this podcast, please help me spread the word by leaving a review or sharing this with a friend. Your support and sharing is what makes this podcast possible. In other exciting news, I will be speaking at the SALT LDS Women's Retreat in September in Salt Lake City, and I would love to meet you in person. This retreat is an all-day women's retreat with an amazing lineup of speakers. Early bird registration just opened this week, and I'll leave a link in the show notes for that as well to learn more about this great opportunity. And now, let's talk about the life-saving power of meditation. I hope you enjoy this little clip from my Christian meditation course. Welcome to the Christian meditation 40 day challenge course. I am your instructor, Brooke Snow, and I am so grateful that you are here. And I'm really excited about all of the grand possibilities that lie ahead for you in the next 40 days. As you probably already know, meditation is a really powerful tool. It opens up our mind, it opens up our heart, it can bring the capacity to be calm and peaceful, to transcend some of the common feelings of our day of anxiety and worry and fear. It's a really wonderful tool to be able to have really great mental health and physical health and emotional and spiritual health as well. All of those things come together in this really simple yet profound practice. 
and there are many traditions of meditation. The one that I want to focus on for this class is going to use the power of mantra, which is a repeated phrase or a repeated word, and also visualization. We're going to do a lot with being able to practice developing our spiritual eyes. This is a Christian meditation course, and so of course there is going to be a central foundational focus on Jesus Christ and on meditation being a tool, particularly for us to be able to communicate with our Heavenly Father, with Jesus Christ, to connect to our highest self. Our highest self is the most glorious divine nature that we have within us, and we don't always live in our divine nature. In my new book called Living in Your True Identity, I talk about how we have two identities. One is true and one is false. Our false identity is referred to in scripture as the natural man. It's referred to in the field of psychology as the ego. And our true nature is referred to in scripture as our divine nature. And the struggle that we have in life is that <laughs> we don't always live in our divine nature, in our true self. We often live in this false identity, and the false identity is the identity that holds on to anxiety, that holds on to worry. The false identity is the identity that is competitive and is in constant comparison. The false identity is the negative voice in your mind that's constantly saying, you're not enough, you can't do this. It is the identity that is the seed of our limiting beliefs and our limiting thoughts. It's the identity that reacts. If something happens that we don't like, it's the identity that reacts in anger or reacts in any form that is unbecoming of who we really are. And so I have found there are many wonderful tools that we have in life given to us to be able to put off that natural man, to be able to release and clear away that false identity and there are tools that we have to be able to live in our true nature and that's one thing that i love so much about meditation is that it is a profound tool that i have found that helps me not <laughs> be reactive to have more of the virtue of meekness to be able to really live in my divine nature and so i love every single day every opportunity i have to be able to practice this, to be reminded of who I am and who God really is and that we are a team and that we work on everything that's happening in my life together. And when I can live my life from that place, when I can live my life from the place of knowing who I truly am, knowing who God truly is, having a correct image of who He is and that we are working together through all of the circumstances in my life, all of the challenges that I have, the weaknesses that I'm trying to develop, the goals that I'm working on, the relationships that I have, the circumstances that I find myself in, meditation is where it all comes together for me and I'm able to receive that power and the ability to be tutored by the Lord through everything that is happening, to be able to transcend that false identity that we all have. So meditation is a powerful tool and a powerful practice for being able to live in our true nature. My story with meditation actually began about a year and a half before I ever meditated. 
and it starts in June of 2014. Here is a picture of me <laughs> 36 hours before I gave birth to my second child. I look at this picture and I think, oh my goodness, I had no idea what was about to happen in my life and how incredibly transforming it would be. I had one child previous and it was a difficult uh, delivery and the second pregnancy had its own challenges as well and as such I was going to be giving birth by c-section so I went in on a Monday morning all ready to have a new baby join our family and everything with the delivery went absolutely great and it was a very big contrast to when my son was born. And I remember calling my mom on the phone after everything had happened. And I was just so relieved and so excited. And I said, this was so much better than the first delivery that I had. I know that my recovery is going to be so much easier. And I was just had so much confidence and so much peace that everything was just going to be great. And that was early in the morning, probably about nine o'clock in the morning that I had that conversation with her. And the day proceeded to go just great. I had my new baby, we were able to bond together. I was feeling awesome. I was so excited that just for a better recovery than I had had the first time. Fast forward to that evening around 10.30 p.m. And the nurses had come into my room and they wanted me to get up to go to the bathroom one last time for the night and then to be able to go to bed. So I'm making my way into the bathroom. It's a little difficult to walk. I've just had a baby. I've just had surgery. And I walk through the door to the bathroom and that was the last thing that I remember. The next thing I remember is waking up and I was on the floor and I had very panicked and afraid <laughs> nurses who were standing above me. They're asking me like, do you know what your name is? Do you know why you're here? <laughs> and um, apparently I had just blacked out and I had had a seizure and I was having trouble breathing. And I don't remember anything else after that because I blacked out again. The next time that I woke up was sometime later. I was now in a bed. I had a doctor who I didn't know. I just remember feeling like it was too hard to keep my eyes open. So, so much of this memory takes place with, with me just hearing voices because I couldn't keep my eyes open. And the voice of this new doctor came to me and he said, Brooke, I need your verbal consent to perform this procedure. This is a matter of life or death. Can I have your permission? And I didn't understand what had happened, but obviously I wanted to be able to live. <laughs> life or death, I'm gonna choose the possibility of life. And so I gave verbal consent simply by nodding my head because I found it very difficult to talk because I found it very difficult to breathe. As I would soon find out, I had just experienced a pulmonary embolism. I actually didn't know what that term meant until I had experienced it myself. A pulmonary embolism is a blood clot to the lungs. And I didn't have just one blood clot. I had nine, nine blood clots to the lungs. 
And that <laughs> means that it's, it's incredibly difficult to breathe. All I could think of was, please give me air. Please let me breathe. At this point, I had a oxygen mask that was over my nose and my mouth, and it was like a fire hose of air that was coming in to help me to be able to breathe. At the time, I had 20 liters of oxygen. That's the volume and the amount of oxygen that is coming in to be able to sustain me and help me to be able to breathe. And when I say fire hose, that, that level of oxygen, 20 liters, it's a fire hose. Still, even with the assistance of all that oxygen, it was so hard and so difficult to be able to breathe. It was soon determined uh, that I would not be able to be helped at the hospital that I was at. So it was determined that I would fly to an, another hospital that was better equipped to be able to help me in that moment. And even though it was the month of June and it's summer, a really bizarre rainstorm grew up and the helicopter that was supposed to come and get me at my hospital was unable to make it there. And so it was determined that I would ride in an ambulance and I would go through a canyon to the next town where I would there meet the helicopter and fly to the hospital that I'd be going to. Now this seems to be like a glitch in the perfect plan, right? <laughs> that uh, I wouldn't be able to make it to that new hospital as quickly because I wasn't able to take the Life Flight helicopter. However, it turned out to be an incredible tender mercy of the Lord. I got into the ambulance and I just remember every bit of my concentration was focused upon breathing. Inhale, exhale. Inhale, exhale. It's all I could think about because that was the most important thing in my life was being able to breathe. If I lost that, then I lost my life. The ambulance ride was probably 20 minutes through the canyon and they transported me from the ambulance to the helicopter. And I remember that time going from the ambulance to the helicopter, I had this brief interlude of time being outside in the rain and it was at night and it was in the dark and even though my eyes were closed, it just felt so good to be outside of the confines of sterile walls and the rain. I just wanted to take this glorious breath of fresh air, but I couldn't breathe and I remember just asking my skin to breathe for me. I could feel the raindrops that were falling on my skin and our skin is an incredible organ as well to be able to breathe. And it's amazing how I noticed that my body was trying in every possible way to receive breath. If I couldn't do it through my lungs, it was going to try and do it through other parts of my body for me in a way that I'd never been conscious of before. So we transport into the helicopter. And here we are in the helicopter and the EMT, she says to the pilot, she needs 20 liters of oxygen. And the pilot like fires back to her. He's like, we don't have 20 liters. We have 15. The EMT gets really concerned and she says, that's not enough. We need 20 liters of oxygen. Like she, She's not breathing unless she has this level of support. And he's like, that's all we got. You know, now I understand why it was such a tender mercy to have to drive in the ambulance for 20 minutes through a canyon to be able to make it to the life flight hel helicopter. 
my breathing was about to become extremely limited with that lower supply of oxygen. Everything that I anticipated about going from 20 liters to 15 liters of oxygen was true. Already I was having struggle breathing with 20 and suddenly it was like I couldn't get anything. There was no ability to be able to take a breath. And there's a feeling of panic that sets in when you're not able to breathe. And I'd already been feeling that feeling of panic, but now it was a matter of extreme life or death. Like I am seconds away from leaving this world. Of course, the EMT is watching all my vital signs and she looks at me and she's like, we're losing her. Like, stay with us, Brooke, stay with us, Brooke. And I just knew in that moment there was not enough air. There was not enough oxygen. I, I could not breathe. And it was in this moment, a phrase came into my mind as clear and as powerful as anything that I've ever heard before. That phrase was, Christ is the breath of life. Instinctively, I began to repeat that phrase on every inhale and every exhale that I could possibly muster in this extreme state of not being able to breathe. Christ is the breath of life, inhale. Christ is the breath of life, exhale. Christ is the breath of life, inhale. Christ is the breath of life, exhale. Now those breaths that I'm demonstrating right now are of course much more deep and calm and full of life than I was able to do in those moments. But as I began to do what I possibly could in my limited condition, repeating that phrase on every inhale and every exhale, Christ is the breath of life, everything in those moments changed. And I remembered the EMT saying, this is a miracle, she's stabilizing, I can't believe this. The helicopter ride was about seven minutes, and I remember arriving at the emergency room of the next hospital, and within moments, uh, they changed over my oxygen mask to two liters of oxygen. Now, this is a miraculous, wonderful story. What does it have to do with meditation? Fast forward in my life, a year and a half later, and it was the first time that looking back, I suddenly had clarity on what had occurred in that helicopter. At this point in my life, I had started a practice of yoga and meditation. I was doing kundalini yoga, kundalini meditation. I was at this retreat for five days, and perhaps it was the immersion of being involved in teaching and practicing all of this all day, every day for five days. But looking back, all of a sudden, I had insight into what had happened, and that was that the Lord had given me a mantra. He had given me a powerful mantra and had instructed me to intuitively recite this mantra on every inhale and every exhale. The power that that held, coupled of course with the power of God, was able to save my life. And I'm here to say that not only has it saved my life on that pivotal moment back in 2014 in the helicopter, but it has continued to save my life every day since.
after this experience of being <laughs> near death, a lot of other things occurred afterwards. Now, in general, I was able to look at that experience and, and see the good, wonderful, amazing spiritual experience that it was. But I went back into real life. I had two kids now to raise, a body that needed to recover from some trauma, and I just needed to like begin to find a new normal, basically. And as I got integrated back into real life, I began to experience some negative symptoms from that experience on a mental and emotional level. I began to have anxiety, I began to have panic attacks, and I began to experience PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. I didn't know that's what I was experiencing as I was going through it. I just knew that something was happening inside of me. I would take my son to kindergarten and I'd drop him off. He's my oldest. He was going away to school and I would have this overwhelming feeling of emotion happen every single day I would drop him off at school. And I thought, oh, I must just be really sentimental. I mean, I'd feel near tears like every single day and just this very powerful emotional feeling, which later, looking back, I learned was anxiety and panic attack. And that began to look a little bit different as time wore on. But this entire school year, I'd have these panic attacks every single day. I began to experience a lot of anxiety. And PTSD showed up in the form of nightmares, flashbacks to this experience. Every time I would see a helicopter as I'd be driving or anything like that, instantly my whole entire body would go into a, a state of panic and a state of fear and i remember those moments of not being able to breathe there was one time where i was reading a book for my book club <laughs> call the midwife was what the book was it's a great book <laughs> and i was reading about the experience of a woman who was in childbirth and she had experienced the same thing that i did only she did die and I'm reading this book, it's late one night, and I just all of a sudden break down and in tears and terror, and I'm reliving this whole experience for myself. My husband's in the other room, and he comes in, and he's all concerned. He's like, what's going on here? You were just reading a book, and now you're like, uncontrollable trauma is breaking out right now. And I had another experience where I was home alone, my husband and my son were gone, and I decided, oh, I'll just watch a show tonight while they're gone, and I picked a medical drama that I've never seen before. I started at episode one, season one, and in the first five minutes, the opening scene was this woman being brought in off of a life flight helicopter, and she couldn't breathe. And of course, instantly, it triggered everything inside of me to happen again. The PTSD just sparked open immediately. I was uncontrollably sobbing and transported back to that time in my life and all of those same feelings of panic and fear and anxiety and and worry just crept up immediately. So there were these little moments like this where I was having these PTSD experiences and then moments that it, I didn't seem connected at all, like dropping my son off at school, but I'd have these panic attacks. And my husband began to travel a lot more for work. I'd be left home for weeks at a time with my kids in this state of mental illness. And I just became to a point where it was a real breaking point. And I realized one afternoon as I completely lost all control, I lashed out in anger. I collapsed on the floor in a total emotional and mental breakdown and it was in that moment of great despair that I knew 
I needed saving again. I could still breathe physically, but I was not breathing mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. It was at this point that I sought for some help. That is when everything seemed to be pieced together in my own personal journey for meditation. Not everyone has to go through these dramatic experiences to benefit from meditation. Everyone will benefit. But I am here to tell you with a solemn conviction, meditation has the power to heal. It has the power to heal us physically, spiritually, mentally, and emotionally. Meditation has the power to bring us clarity, to bring us peace, to bring us direction, and ultimately, most importantly, to bring us closer to our Heavenly Father and to Jesus Christ. I hope you enjoyed my own story of how meditation has changed my life. I am a living, breathing miracle because of the power of meditation. And as such, I am happy to report that I no longer suffer from anxiety or panic attacks. They are completely gone. The PTSD is completely gone. And I now live with more clarity, more peace in my mind and heart, and a grounding awareness of who I really am. My transformation from the brink of death back to a dramatic and fast and full recovery, as well as moving from a dangerous state of mental illness to a place of sustained peace and steadiness, compels me to practice meditation with deep loyalty and gratitude. I am grateful and excited to be able to teach this powerful tool to you. This course is both live and online. The lessons are all available in video and audio format, so you can learn anytime in your schedule. And we'll also have two live Q&A sessions where you can get feedback on your own questions and your own experience. If this course is calling to you in any way, I invite you to join us. If you're willing to commit to the consistency of 40 days, I guarantee it will change your life. Registration is open only for seven days so that I can give feedback to this current class. Also, because I feel so strongly about the power of meditation, and I know that starting a new practice is often helped with an accountability partner, if you sign up for this class, I'm offering a special bonus for you to invite one friend or family member to join you in the class for free. Just email me after your purchase with their information and I will set up an additional account so you can both encourage each other on this journey together. Imagine your life with the clarity, peace of mind, and feeling of connection that comes with meditation and look forward with faith. You can find the registration link in the show notes of this episode, as well as on my website, brooksnow.com. Thank you so much for listening.